Ian Cunningham, the co-head of multi-asset growth at 91, joins me now. Thanks so much for your time on the market update with MoneyWeb. Ian, inflation is rightly listed by many market participants as the key concern right now. However, you and your team flagged early on that it was likely to be more than transitory, and so you benefited in the positioning of 91 Global Strategic Managed Fund, which is a global multi-asset fund where you can adjust exposure to maximize downside protection and participate meaningfully in rising markets. Talk us through your thinking at the time. Hi there. Yes, through the last couple of years, one of the issues that we've had has been the, the notable excess stimulus that came as a function of, sort of governments and central banks trying to bridge the economic gap to support economies through the, the COVID shock. As we sort of emerged through 2021, obviously inflation was becoming more apparent and policymakers in particular, as well as many market participants, were pointing towards supply constraints. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that was believed to be the main cause of inflation, where in fact, actually, the the fact that money supply had been growing very materially in the US, it grew 20% per annum in a couple of years following the the COVID shock. That's a material influencer of demand. When you put more money into an economy, it makes the price of things go up, particularly if supply cannot respond. And so we saw excess demand in the US and and we were seeing increasingly tight labour markets and wages beginning to respond as well. And when you get that kind of combination of factors, it usually means the prices are are heading north. So that was one of the things that certainly made us far more hawkish on inflation relative to what was taking place within the markets. And then we believed, given those dynamics, it was more than likely that central banks would have to respond to it and assets were, were not appropriately valued for that change in, in policy. Mm-hmm. So your positioning then versus now, and given the recent market corrections, how were you positioned and have you increased equity exposure? So coming into this year, we were, we were very cautious on both fixed income and equity. We had quite a, uh, a very high cash balance within global strategic managed or other strategies. Um, and that was ultimately to protect the, the portfolio to a, to a decent degree from what we perceive to be both falling equity and fixed income prices. I think as we, we look forward now, we would say fixed income prices have, have done obviously a significant amount of derating in terms of bond yields have moved up quite notably uh, a number of hundred of basis points uh, across developed markets and spreads have obviously widened as well. We would say that bond yields are beginning to get to the point where they're starting to impact growth. So longer dated bonds are starting to look somewhat more attractive, but we still expect short dated bond yields to continue to move higher as central banks continue to fight inflation. And we would see equities, particularly within the US, are still out of line with where they should be. We're looking at quite high forward valuations for US equity market in particular. And ultimately, our belief is that we will have to see ongoing derating there from a valuation perspective. And we're concerned that the US will have to go into a recession to address these inflationary issues. So we see downside to earnings as we head forward over the next six to 12 months. And therefore, we're remaining pretty cautious on on equities from here. And we have actually reduced exposure further into this this recent rally that we've seen in, in markets. Mm. You've had quite a bit of a portfolio in cash. Have you started deploying some of this? Uh, so one area where we have started to deploy some of the cash is is into some uh, defensive government bonds, particularly in markets where we see quite notable sort of inflation and growth headwinds in the future. So within economies like Canada, New Zealand and Australia, they have very large household 
debt balances, as well as what we'd call housing bubbles, and the same in South Korea. Uh, and as interest rates have gone up, we've started to see their housing markets in particular come under quite a bit of pressure. So we're starting to say, take some positions in those bond markets on the basis that we think they won't be able to tolerate higher interest rates for, for longer, while the US probably will. And also the other area within risky assets, um, China embarked on its tightening at the beginning of 2021, so over 18 months ago now. And we're now seeing Chinese policymakers move quite aggressively in the other direction. So they're beginning to provide support to the economy. Mm. And we believe that the Chinese economy will look healthier heading into 2023. So we're using the significant weakness that we've seen in markets like uh, the Chinese market, the Hong Kong market and some other parts of Asia to, to pick up exposure to, to some of our sort of favoured longer term uh, companies and, and businesses that operate there. That's interesting given the rising concerns around China's growth and the impact of lockdowns as well. Yes, and I think obviously the the, the fact that there is, is, is lockdowns there is, is obviously inhibiting some of the, the quite notable stimulus now actually getting to work. But obviously as we see sort of lockdowns being relatively localised and probably beginning to recede as we, we move sort of into to 2023, uh, we think those issues are sort of pretty well priced here. Obviously, the main concern has been the property market within China, but we're increasingly seeing sort of uh, state guarantees for, for certain debt issuances. We're seeing sort of bailout funds be raised at the, the local level to help certain property developers. Uh, so we're seeing policymakers really step in to provide support. And ultimately, um, the level of valuations here in many areas is is just too too attractive to pass up. Yeah. And are there any interesting, any other interesting positions you're allocating to? I think one other area we operate in is is in the currency universe, which probably makes us quite different to to many of our peers. So we seek to extract value from global currency markets for our, our investors. And so this time last year, we were actually building quite large long positions in the US dollar versus European and Asian currencies because we expected the Fed to tighten policy really quickly. And we expected the the People's Bank of China to actually ease policy and European central banks to be stuck somewhere in the middle. So expect quite notable policy divergence between the Fed and, and other central banks around the, the world. Uh, we closed most of those down through this summer, but, but we've begun to move long dollars again. But we've been moving long dollars versus what we call dollar block economies. So that's Canada, Australia and New Zealand. Because again, as I mentioned with the bond markets, we see quite notable imbalances there. Those housing markets are coming under pressure. And we see it being increasingly likely that those central banks in Canada, Australia and New Zealand will be forced to, to sort of ease policy before the Federal Reserve is. And as a function, we expect increasing policy divergence on a six to 12 month horizon and therefore expect those currencies to weaken versus the dollar. And and actually the implication or implementation of those ideas, those are actually quite diversifying for the portfolio as well. So protect against any prospective uh, further weakness in, in equity markets. Ian Cunningham, the co-head of multi-asset growth at 91, joining us there. Thanks so much for your time on the market update with MoneyWeb on SAFM.